Hey everybody, it's John. I wanted to remind you that we do have a Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Over there on Patreon, Mitch and I discuss subjects concerning movies and television and just about anything else we want to talk about. So uh, if you want to come over there, you can subscribe for $2 a month for one episode or $5 a month for every episode at patreon.com forward slash alien minute. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Alien Minute Podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm Mitch Bryan. And I'm John Engel. And today we're talking about minute number eight. Uh, This minute begins with Ash reaching for a pitcher of milk at the breakfast table. And it ends with Dallas taking a moment before going in to see Mother. All right, so we're back into the breakfast scene. Some dynamics we talked in the last minute, some dynamics... uh, character dynamics have been established but we got a whole lot more in this one and the camera continues its move it continues moving on around brett and parker and then ash steps in to grab the milk right a pitcher of milk a pitcher of milk and then and then we have a cut well lambert says lambert utters the line i'm cold still in that same take and then we have a cut uh, a three shot with uh, parker in the foreground brett in the middle and uh, Ash at the back, right? And um, there's a, sh- a conversation that's covered with a complimentary angle from the other side. Again, both cases they're wide angles. You've got on the other side uh, Brett in the foreground and Ripley in the background with Jones next to her. So I guess Jones, it's three always, and three. Always with her always so with far. Her, always with her cat. So that's sort of technically what what's happening. The rest of the scene are are essentially covered from those from those angles. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I wanted to bring up one little question I have. The first thing we see, as we said in this minute, is Ash reaching for a pitcher of milk, which she then pours into a bowl of cereal and commences to eat the bowl of cereal. Now, it's not so strange in this minute if you don't know what's coming up. But I, I never noticed that he eats. <laughs> so Ash eats. Um, what do you make of that? Is this a? Is this how advanced? I mean, yeah, you know, I, I almost feel weird that we're getting this far ahead. I mean, well, we should wait, but I don't know. You don't know. I, no. I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I don't know. Maybe he's biomechanical. He's yeah, a, he's a fusion of 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 grown skin and grown organs and grown. So, I don't know. Or maybe he just runs on milk. And he doesn't have to. Well, obviously, he runs on milk. Uh, we know that. Uh, we we don't know that yet. But uh, yeah, and it's he's a more advanced uh, uh, version of you know. He doesn't have to eat that pasty applesauce stuff that RoboCop had to eat. You know, he just he can actually eat any food that he wants and process it. Apparently, but I don't know. I, I just, guess I should I ask to... for the reality of the whole universe. Jumping ahead to aliens, does Bishop ever eat? I I think so. I think he's yeah. eating. I think he might be eating cornbread. Eating some cornbread. Yeah, <laughs> he might be. <laughs> oh, we're jumping way ahead there. That was just something I wanted to bring up. Mainly because I'd never noticed it before. I really thought about it before and but, seen it. But it's ordinary. Minute. That's what's it's, great. That, well, it, it needs to be the right. Whole, the whole scene is really ordinary, and yeah. and it it also is continuing from the the reawakening or whatever you want to call it of Cain previously in the way everybody was dressed or undressed. Yeah, it's a very body conscious movie. Yeah, and this scene, everybody is eating, drinking, smoking, uh, consuming, and that's all very 
very very physical, very and human. One of the characters is even complaining about being cold. Yeah, you know. So th- I wanted to talk about that for sure because I think this is a a very good line to start this character off with. She immediately goes to a complaint. I am cold. And uh, and again, we talked about there being some tactile something, some texture to the inside of the ship for the for the viewer. You immediately you. Uh, we all relate to being very cold. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is a bigger deal, too. I don't know if you in the screenplays, they make a big deal, bigger deal out of this. Like yeah. coming right out of the cryopods, they all talk about being cold. Yeah. And uh, you'll, you'll laugh at me, but in the novelization, it's even a point of conversation about that Parker continues on saying that it's the cheap company and uh, the company would never turn the heaters on until the last possible second. And, uh, whether that conversation was ever in a draft of the script or not, I don't know. But it would be a superfluous, you know, yeah. bit, considering what we're about to get from Parker. We're already going to get his viewpoint his, of the company. His, we're going to get the, the Parker bit. Yeah. Yeah, or the Brett bit. Yeah. Still with us, Brett. Hey. Let me ask you about that novelization. Yeah. So is that, I'm, I want to guess, is mm-hmm. it Alan Dean Foster? It is. Yeah, I can remember. I believe he did. I I believe he did all of the Alien novelizations. Really? All Alien, Aliens, and Alien Three. I'm pretty sure. Maybe not Alien Resurrection, but I don't know. Uh, and of course, he did some Star Wars books, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, yeah. and uh, lots of Clash of the Titans. And I'm trying to remember. And, and was a science fiction writer in his own right. And he and I, you know, he actually re- did the the Force Awakens novelization. Now that I think about it, he's. Still around, still wow. doing novelizations. <laughs> novelizations are just yeah. so amazing, <laughs> it's aren't they? It's weird. I, I picked it up a, a long time ago for a buck or something and um, never checked it out. And I thought, oh, it's pretty interesting to kind of get this point of view of the of what we're talking well, about. Well, when I was so. a kid, there were so many movies that I, there was no way I was going to get to see them growing up in this you know, small yeah. town. And so I read a lot of novelizations. It's the uh, closest you could get. Or once the movie came and was gone and, you know, in those could, those dark days before yeah. uh, video, <laughs> it, it, was, it was a way to relive or re-experience the movie. Well, I might not be remembered. I think I do. Uh, occasionally they would put one out before the movie. And uh, I'm pretty sure I read Back to the Future Part Two a couple of times before the movie actually came out, anticipating the sequel to Back to the Future was a uh, that was a major thing for me around 1988, 89, whenever that movie came out. But uh, there was some I remember I read all the Planet of the Apes novelizations, yeah. and every so often uh, Paul Dean I think was who was doing yeah. maybe did the novelizations, um, or maybe it was just based on his screenplay, but. Uh, there, every so often they'd slip something dirty in, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. something that couldn't possibly be in the G-rated yeah. movie, and that was always sort of thrilling. Yeah, I mean, I think those are that's fun. There's a lot more freedom in the novelization. So, so, so moving on from the cheap corporation that that mm-hmm. Brett says uh, is the do they do they name it? Do they name in the no? They call it the company, just the company. Yeah. Um, no, so far I haven't read the whole thing yet, but yeah, I'm just kind of reading along as. I'll read now bits of the novelization until I get to the point of the week that we're right. you know I'll meet, read it as the minutes are going by, so to speak. Well, so 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 Brett gives Parker a little a little a little, a little signal sh- to start a conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, he's definitely well. Parker's going to be the mouthpiece of that couple, right? Right. So. Oh yeah, right. Now, I just forgot something, man. Uh, before we dock, I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to. We deserve full shares, right, right, baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation has never been on a, an equitable level. Well, you get what you contracted for like everybody else. Yes, but everybody else uh, gets more than us. 
I mean, once this conversation started, this is a very relatable conversation that Parker begins here. If you, I, I, I've seen, I've known these guys. Parker, for sure, reminds me of a lot of guys I used to work with. Uh, when I used to work in a steel mill down in Arkansas, northeast Arkansas, and the the saying, "Oh, I just forgot something, man." Yeah, <laughs> it's talking like that yeah. all of it, and and then complaining about money, and then. You know, at the end of this minute, talking about, oh, the coffee's the only thing that's good around here and stuff like that is just so, I've seen it. And that's so new for science fiction. I mean, yeah. if you think about up to that point, we just hadn't really seen this working class representation of, of you know, what, right. what they constantly referred to in the pre-press releases for this movie as interstellar truckers or right, space right. truckers, right? Space truckers. Uh, it was, I guess, during the height of the CB craze, so oh, everybody yeah. knew about truckers. Convoy had just yeah, come out, right? exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so you get that really blue collar working class, which I'm sure that's one of the things that Walter Hill really brought to the picture. He had right. been a longshoreman, he he physical laborer before he became an assistant director and ultimately a writer and director. Right. Um, so it has a real sense of working class people in right. outer space. And something that connects you. I mean, I don't know if I ever hmm, how to put this. Uh, do I, I? I'm not sure if I really ever connect with Dave in 2001 on any kind of a real personal level. For instance, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, can't relate you know, to this future well, because astronauts. you have no, you have no frame of reference for for None. Frank and Dave. You see, you meet Frank's parents for the birthday, but they don't message. care. They don't care about them. No, I mean, these, I these people are these these astronauts in 2001 are. All of their humanity has been trained yes, out of them. Yes. Whereas this is the total different approach. These are all very human, and we cut from these, you know, the the, the three shot, the three shot back and forth, and we get a single shot of Dallas, yeah. who says, "You guys are going to get what you're contracted for." He he he, he yeah. sort of tries to shut the conversation down, and the oh. fact that he's revealed in that single gives him power that maybe he has the authority to shut him down. Interestingly enough, if you watch Ripley, she's. It's so clear that they've had this conversation before. They've yeah, heard this conversation over and over oh, yeah. again. And she gives Dallas a look off camera that's like, oh, here we go again. And Ripley, she's, I mean, she finds it humorous. Yeah. She's back there laughing, too. Um, so so it's, a, it's a ritual. You... It's a working, it's the working ritual that these people go through all the time. It probably happens every time that they, you know, that, that they come out of cryofreeze. Every time they get ready to go in, every time they, every, wake, up every time the, they wake up in the yeah. morning, this is what they got to deal with. These two guys, no wonder they're stuck down in the lower the lower decks. Yeah. Uh, bringing up Ripley, too, I, one thought that occurred to me is we were, we were talking about how this scene establishes all these characters. So we uh, we get, you know, Parker and Brett, we get them in the last minute and in this minute even more. We, uh, we get Kane. You know, we've gotten a little bit of character from him waking up and and then he says the line, I feel dead, he says. Uh, we, we can't pass this line, yeah, up, yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel yes. dead. Yeah. Anybody ever tell you you look dead? <laughs> I mean, this is classic foreshadowing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's all that is. But So we get a character moment there. We get another moment of levity. Uh, mother calls. Now, when mother calls, the person who points it out is Ash. Yeah. Ash is, seems very businesslike so far. He's like, the only one who I'm hasn't made a joke. You. He's yep. done nothing but get his milk. Yep. Everybody else is kind of, kind of joking, kind of enjoying the fact that they're having breakfast together. That they're, that they're, because um, they all think we don't know this, but they all think that they're just about ready to get home. Yep. They think they're about that they're home. 
so Ash, Ash is just pointing out a piece of business. His first line is, there's this thing you need to take care of to Dallas, who then gives a line that uh, maybe is only necessary in order to convey to us, the audience, that he is the captain. But um, he says, oh, yep, it's for my eyes only. So we know he's the captain now. So everybody has an established, something established about their character, whether it be their place on the org chart or whether it be uh, actual personality. Uh, except Ripley, we kind of we get a little laugh from her and everything, mm-hmm. but she's given absolutely nothing else, right? I mean, do we right. really? W- if you didn't know Sigourney Weaver, would you even think about her after this, watching this minute? So I think that's interesting. We're back to this sort of again. Misdirection. It's a, I think it's the misdirection. Yeah. yeah, it's the strategy of the film. Yeah. So so we found out who our captain is, and you know he seems like a reasonable guy. He kind of yeah. shut those two guys down from complaining. And yeah. He knows how the thing works, and he very casually up and and walks out. And I, I remember sort of thinking. You know, he's, he's a good captain. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's an established dynamic with all these people. At this point, there's no contention, really, even though, you know, Parker, in a humorous way, bringing this up, this issue up even. Maybe he even realizes how often they talk about this. And, you know, it all becomes kind of a, a point of humor. And, uh, yeah, everything seems all right. Okay, get dressed, huh? Parker? Come on. Can't finish my coffee. Mm. It's the only thing good on this show. So the button on the minute, and, man, it's almost right on the minute again. Is a joke instead of you know anything else. So I, I and think it also it also speaks to a level of of quiet insubordination. Yeah. In terms of, sure. of in terms of Parker, because sure. Dallas essentially says go get to work, mm-hmm. and he he kind of he says I, I want to finish, finish my coffee. coffee. I'm, I'm I'm you know <laughs> I'm gonna do it on my time, right? I'm gonna yeah. do it the way I want to do yep. it. Yeah. So then we have a cut to the bridge, yep. and it's an interesting shot just because it's a it's it starts on the apparently empty bridge and pans to the right, yeah. revealing Dallas standing there mm-hmm. holding his coffee, taking a moment before he goes, he's going to go into Mother. And I, yeah. and I think the shot's only significant in that, once again, it's the camera leading the action. It's the camera spying on the characters. Uh, it's, the, it's the camera as a presence. Yeah. And that's just something that creates an interesting observational dynamic all through the movie. Yep. Who and what does this camera represent, yep. and can can this camera intervene or help, or <laughs> is it just this ugly, passive, cruel, passive observer like yeah. like us in the audience? Right. Well, you have anything else for this? That about does it. All Let's right. go see what happens with Mother. That will do it for minute eight. Uh, tune in tomorrow for minute number nine. In the meantime, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod or come to uh, alienminute.com, please do so. Or make sure and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. Uh, leave us a, a good review if you like the show, and uh, that would help us out a lot. All right, well, thanks, and bye.